I wonder if God was to come down and if God was sitting with us this morning as we celebrate our ninth year anniversary, I wonder what God would say. I wonder what God would think about the last nine years of our church, right? And it's been exciting, and it's not all together, as today is a perfect example of. But I wonder what God would say. Uh, today, I want to take us to the book of Haggai, because there are times where God does come and speak. And he speaks very clearly, and he has a very clear message about what he wants to say. And I believe that God has a message for our church as we celebrate our ninth year. Um, I don't know if it's on the screen. Do we get it on the screen? Yep, here we go. Haggai verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 2 to 7. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thoughts to your ways. You have planted much but harvested little. You eat but never enough. You drink but never have your fill. You put on clothes but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Now God comes down to his people in the Old Testament and he says, Hey guys, I can see what you've been doing. You're building your house. You're building your individual lives. You're investing into your own futures. But what about my house? You're doing all these things, investing into all these things into your own life. But what about my house? And then he goes and says, hey, think about your life. You work hard, but you're never satisfied. You're eating, but you're never full. You, you drink, but you never have your fill. Why is that? Why is that? You know, I wonder, if, I wonder if that would be a similar message to maybe for some of us that God is giving us. Hey, you're investing into your life, but what about God's house? You're investing into your future, but what about God's future? You're investing into everything that you need for your own life, comfort, but what about God? All the time that you've given to invest into your own life, compare it to the time that you give to God. Does that match up? Two hours a week for God and the rest for yourself? doesn't really match up. And this is what God says. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. I love it. He says, think about it. Think about it. Think about the way you spend your time in your life. He continues to go in verse 8. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else the ground produces, on people and livestock, and all the labor of your hands." Then go command the people to go and build his house. Sorry, then he goes and commands the people to go build his house. 
See, it's this really weird and, and like, it, 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 it's this understanding of who God is and who we are. And God's starting to paint us a picture and saying, hey, you can go and invest your life in building yourself the greatest life and the greatest future, but if you don't have your priorities straight, then you're going to be the limitation of your own life. Because it's not you that gives you fulfillment. It's not you that gives you self-satisfaction and comfort. It's not. It's God. It's God. While we're we're so busy building our own houses, God's house is being neglected. And so God comes down and tells the people of, of Israel, hey, go and build my house. Go and build my house. Verse 12. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shatiel, Joshua, son of Zodadek, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai because the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message to the Lord of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shetio, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Jozadek, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of people, they came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, and on the 24th day of the sixth month. And this is the beauty of God's people. This is the beauty of God's people. God speaks and they listen. God speaks and they obey. God, God commands and then they follow. The response from God's people was obedience and they get straight into work. Now, I believe that over the last nine years of our church, we have been doing our best to build God's house. And when I say God's house, I'm not just talking about the physical. Remember, three years ago, two years ago, we didn't have this building. But it was the church. I believe over the last nine years, we have focused on building God's house, the church, whether it be the hardware, the building, the operations, the processes, the policies, the finances, or the software, the ministry, the mission, the prayer, or the people, life groups, discipleship, counseling. And I believe that God wants to remind us on this ninth birthday, make sure your priorities are right. Make sure your priorities are right. You can go and choose to build your life, but I promise you, if you don't prioritize and align God's house first, you will always be limited. Because the fullness of our life doesn't come in building our own lives. The fullness of life comes from living the purpose that God has created you, and that was for Him. It was for Him. You know, when we first started the church nine years ago, I promise you there, is, there was no one on that day that thought this is where we're going to be in nine years. Like, we, we struggle to even plan one year these days. And, you know, I love our church. I think our church is amazing. You know, I really do. Um, I love the fact that our church is so broken that even our equipment is broken. Like, just just happens to break. It's just the way that it is. And, and, but I love the fact that no one's running around going, why isn't this church such a perfect church? What's with, what's with the multimedia? What's with the preaching? You know, what's with the worship? You know, where is half the worship team today? Oh, recovering from COVID. But you know, you know it, just, it is what it is, right? Like, that's, that's the church. 
And I love the fact that we, you can come, right, and we hit that first word, belong. That you can come and you can belong. We had some guests at our camp, and one of the most encouraging statements that they said was, you know, we've been to a lot of churches, but this church seems to have the least in-groups. And I was like, huh? We have heaps of in-groups. They just don't know. But, oh, it was encouraging to hear that. And you see it. You see it. People are making an effort to include other people. Why? Because we're building the house of God. We're not building your friendship circles. We're not building your social status. We're building the house of God. And that's the formula. Build God's house. And God will build yours. Build God's house. Invest your life into building God's kingdom. And God will build into your life. A few years ago, many years ago, my wife and I, we had an opportunity to enter the lucrative Sydney house market. Um, not obviously by ourselves, because, you know, we're just poor pastors. That's a lie. We're not poor. We live in Taramara. Um, we, had, we, had um, we had this opportunity to enter the house market, and back then we only had two kids or three kids, so you can tell how long ago. It was a while ago. And um, you know what? Logically, it was the right thing to do. And so my wife and I, Mel, we, we sat and we prayed about it. But one of the things was to enter into the house market, we couldn't buy where we were doing ministry. Because back then, Chatswood, very expensive place. And, and we, couldn't, we couldn't move further closer to church. But we'd have to move further away to afford to buy a house. And Mel and I, we took some time to pray. And as we were praying, Mel actually came to me with this passage in Haggai and said, Han, I think this is what God's giving to me. And so we read this passage over the idea, and it was, hey, don't worry about your house. Build my house, and I'll look after you. And so we made a decision to not buy. And I look back, and... and and someone might go, well, do you regret that? Because Sydney house prices have gone up about 35% since <laughs> that day. But you know what? I believe God honoured that decision. Because I, I now have more kids. And I live in an even bigger house than I lived back then. I've never had to worry about what house am I going to live. See, that's what God does. You build his house. You live for him and he will take care of you. You know, I could give you the double money back guarantee once again. If you give your life to God and his purposes, he will look after you. Not just look after you and not just like enough to survive, but he will bless you.
After the service, we're going to have lunch. I just remembered you have to take your chairs. That's the kind of church we are. <laughs> Remember, we don't have enough chairs, so make sure you take your chairs and go. But actually, one of the things that we're going to do is we're actually opening up the man's today so you can actually walk through it and you can actually have a look and see what now belongs to us as a church. But I want to encourage you as you do that, I want you to pray. I want you to pray over the house. There's going to be um, people that are living in there that are going to be broken. There's going to be people living in there that are going to need help. There's going to be people in there that are going to be involved in ministry. As you walk in there, just pray, God, help us to build your house, even here. I wonder if in the next 12 months, if we all stopped, took a moment in our lives and really decided, you know what, I'm going to build God's house. I'm going to move away from my career. I'm going to move away from, you know, just focusing on my own stuff. And I really just want to just wholeheartedly invest into God, whether it be serving at the church, whether it be coming to the working bees, whether it be, you know, after school activities, whether it be financially supporting the, the building costs, whether it be building people through life groups and discipleship, doing gospel work with our new neighbors. What do you think it would look like? If we gave ourselves the next 12 months to be obedient to the voice of God that calls each and every one of us, come and build my house. And I want to encourage you because I think the next year is going to be the biggest year. And I say this every year and I'm right every year. The next 12 months is going to be the biggest 12 months that we've had in our church. It's going to be big because God is big. There's going to be personal breakthroughs. There's going to be personal healing. There's going to be community breakthroughs. We're going to break through into the community of Burwood. We're going to take everything that God has given us to manage and steward, and we're going to lift it back to God and give it to Him. We're going to see lives transformed. We're going to see a community transformed. That's what I'm believing. And the invitation is for each and every one of you to be involved in building God's house because that's what we're here to do. I pray that that would be the call of our next 12 months. Let's pray. As God says to his people in Haggai, Give careful thought to your ways. Why don't we take a moment to do that right now? Take a moment to think. You don't have to pray, but to think. Give careful thought to your ways. Whose house are you building at the moment? Whose kingdom are you investing into at the moment? Is it yours? Is it God's? Take a moment to just consider. Think about the plans. Think about what you've done over the last 12 months. Has that been for you or has that been for God? And I don't believe God is there waiting to scold you or get you in trouble. 
But I think the invitation is there for God to say, hey, you think you can build your life? Imagine if I built your life for you. Remember, I'm a good builder. I built the, the earth. I built everything on the earth. I built the universe. Imagine what my hands could do for your life. And can I just say, some of you, you desperately need God to build your life. You have no answers. Some of you are in situations where you are at the edge. It's not even a choice. You need the hand of God to build your life. But the same hands that put the stars, sun and moon in the sky, when you invite him to build your life, how amazing would your life become? But that only happens when you put God first when you build God's house first. So take a moment to think. Take a moment to consider your life and ask yourself, who do I want to be building my life? Me? My efforts? My energy? Or God? Take a moment to think. And finally, why don't we take a moment to pray for our church? Not only do we give God thanks for the last nine years, but let's dedicate our church to God and say, God, would you help our church be focused on building your house, that we would never lose that focus, and that everything that we do would be for the sake of expanding your kingdom and not ours. So would you join me in praying for the church? Let's pray for the church.